This is the Justice Fighter Podcast. Justice Fighter Podcast. With Attorney Gerald Griggs. Well, we have conversations on social justice, civil rights, and political news that affects us all. Let Attorney Griggs put you on game. Only on the Justice Fighter Podcast, y'all. Hey, what's going on, guys? Attorney Gerald Griggs, the Justice Fighter. We are here um, in the Justice Media Studios uh, for the podcast. And I really wanted to talk with you about some things. And one of the things, of course, we're dealing with right now is the coronavirus, COVID-19. Uh, which is ravaging the entire globe, but primarily it's ravaging the United States as we currently lead the world in the number of coronavirus cases. But that's not why I wanted to really talk to you. I wanted to zoom in on an issue uh, that was brought to our attention by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, uh, and also uh, with the uh, 180 turnaround that the Trump administration has taken on coronavirus. So this is an opinion piece that was written in the Boston Globe it was by Aaron Thomas, and it was posted on April the 5th, 2020 at about 1.07 p.m. And it goes a little something like this. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention took 180 turn last week and is now recommending that people wear face masks in public. The guidelines say the medical grade mask should be reserved for health professionals who are facing a shortage of supplies and suggest America's use T-shirts, scarves, handkerchiefs or other spare fabric to make homemade masks to cover their noses and mouths. On Saturday, I thought about the errands I needed to run this week, including making a trip to the grocery store. And I thought about I could use one of my old bandanas as a mask. Then my voice of self-protection reminded me that I'm a black man. I cannot walk into a store with a bandana covering a greater part of my face if I also expected to walk out of the store. The situation isn't safe and could lead to unintended attention and ultimately a life or death situation for me. For me, the fear of being mistaken for an armed robber and assailant is far greater than the fear of coronavirus 19. These are the fears that many black Americans have and constantly face. And where are we going to go? How are we going to show up? What are we going to wear? What can we say? It never ends. The world is upside down right now with the coronavirus pandemic, and we are living in a dystopian nightmare come to life. We are still living in America where history dictates that even in the most absurd times, hatred and bigotry continue to reign. We must be still be judged, convicted and sentenced by race, by gender, by sexual orientation and by class. Uh, early reports highlight what many have predicted, that those who are impacted by the coronavirus 19 or COVID-19 are overwhelmingly people of color, poor people, homeless and those with disabilities. This stems from the lack of equitable access to health care. Meanwhile, bigotry escalates. There has been an increase in the number of anti-Asian discrimination because of coronavirus, because coronavirus originated from Wuhan, China. Racial tensions have increased and escalating, and the situation for minorities is getting worse. As this historical moment, it is important that we remember our history. Black men and black women across the country have been killed for any and everything. A child with a toy gun, a young girl sleeping in her home, a man buying an air gun at Walmart, and the stories go on and on. And what Mr. Thomas is cluing in on is the lack of sensitivity and understanding in this moment for many people of color. You know, I as an attorney know all too well the history of racial discrimination and the history of racial profiling that occurs in this country. And now for the Centers for Disease Control to not fully understand that if African-Americans disproportionately start wearing handkerchiefs and masks that are not medical grade supplies, that could have an unintended consequence. You know, now even here in Georgia and many states around the country, there are anti-mask laws which originated from the Ku Klux Klan, but they have been disproportionately used against certain minority groups. 
Now, of course, here in Georgia, the anti-mask statute does cover um, the fact that you can wear them for medical purposes. But there are there are counties around the country and states around the country that don't have those exceptions. And further, with the history of racial profiling in this country, it would be very interesting to leave out the fact that if African-American men at a large scale began to wear handkerchiefs and scarves and T-shirts around their face, the number of racist incidents that could occur. So we need to really unpack what's happening here in real time. We need to do a deep dive into the conversation of what it means to be African-American in this moment. Of course, we are seeing the studies. We are seeing the numbers come out that this is disproportionately affecting the African-American community. And now with the guidelines from the Centers for Disease Control to use homemade masks. And of course, I recommend you use the medical grade mask. Uh, but if we start wearing homemade masks, the level of policing, there was a, a viral incident that occurred. I believe it was in Ohio where a young man was walking through um, the Walmart and the police started following him around. And he actually had on medical grade masks, which was recommended um, for us to start wearing. And he was racially profiled. And so I think this really underscores the conversation that we need to have as a greater society, even in the middle of a pandemic, how we are addressing these policies differently in different communities. And, and that's why I think it's time to really have that, that conversation and to unpack what it means uh, for the most affected groups. If we truly are going to lower the curve, we truly are going to stop the racial inequities in the healthcare system, we have to look at the underlying problem from its inception. And that's the issue of classism. That's the issue of sexism, and that's the issue of racism. We have to look at it from that lens and from the lens of the minority communities that are bearing the brunt of this. We have to think about our essential workers who primarily are brown and black, who cannot afford to stay at home, who cannot afford to um, leave their jobs and take a month off. And so we need to really have that conversation and be mindful of that um, situation that many of our brothers and sisters are in at this moment in the middle of the coronavirus pandemic. And so I just wanted to take a moment to, to think about that, uh, to reflect on that as we move forward. We need more people of color in the room when these important decisions are being made. I understand the Surgeon General is now starting to talk about his experience as an African-American man with underlying health conditions. But the underlying health conditions are not what brought the issue of this virus on our community. The systemic disinvestment in the community is what brought this pandemic, as well as the ignorance and the outright blindness of a certain administration to the pandemic um, possibility when they were told on multiple occasions over multiple months about the possibility of a global pandemic. So we need to make sure we contextualize the moment that we're in right now and we focus with hyper vigilance on certain communities as we try to stem the tide. Uh, so I just wanted to have that brief conversation with you guys and, and put it in the context as we can think, you know, because from a lawyer's perspective right now, we are not only in a health public health crisis, we are in a judicial crisis because currently in many states, as well as this state, 
We have gone into emergency judicial services where certain things that are available through the judicial process are not available. They're only operating on uh, basic essential hearings. We're not talking about jury trials. We're not talking about preliminary hearings where we actually make sure that certain rights are protected. So we need to be more focused that during this time, the CDC is going to give guidelines to, for people to start wearing masks and for people to start wearing handkerchiefs and T-shirts to cover their face. We need to educate our law enforcement brothers and sisters to cease with the racial profiling, to cease with over-policing certain communities because this virus knows no uh, economic stratus. It knows no racial lines. It knows no state and county lines or no neighborhood lines. We need to get real about the issue that's happening in this community with our brown and black brothers and sisters. Uh, so I just wanted to have that conversation on this platform to engage the listeners to think a little bit more outside of their comfort zone to focus on certain communities that have been systemically disinvested in and focus on people who have been left behind and, and not thought of. And we need to focus hyper vigilantly on their needs. And we need to do it not only in a coronavirus pandemic, but we need to do it during our normal time, our normal focus, our normal days, so that we can lift the boats of many people as we continue to push forward. So I think we need to have that conversation. We will continue to have that conversation and I will continue to bring you these thoughts on the platform so we can have this engaging conversation. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back on justice fighter podcast here on the justice media network. This is the justice fighter podcast, justice fighter podcast. with attorney Gerald Griggs. Attorney well, we have conversations on social justice, civil rights, and political news that affects us all. Let Attorney Griggs put you on game. Only on the Justice Fighter Podcast, y'all. And so we're back here on the Justice Fighter Podcast. And, you know, during the course of this coronavirus uh, pandemic, there are certain things that are happening that we must continue to pay attention to. And one of them, it appears to be the erosion of our basic rights. So today, um, the Georgia primary was delayed again. And now the Secretary of State Brad Raffelsberger on Thursday postponed the Georgia primary election for three weeks until June the 9th as a coronavirus spread. Uh, he indicated that because poll workers were quitting and voters were worried about getting sick at the precinct, the election needed to be rescheduled. Uh, and so we have to be very careful about what rights we're willing to give up in the middle of a global pandemic that was preventable. We have to realize that there are still the ghosts of the past, which would like to uh, take away the access to the franchise for um, millions of individuals. Uh, so at this point, I I'm going I'm to delay my um, analysis of what potentially could be going on. But we have to remember that there is an election in November, one of the most important elections of our time. And at no point in American history have we ever seen an election delayed, even during World War II, World War I, and even the Civil War. They continue with elections. During the Spanish uh, flu epidemic, the elections continue. So don't be so quick to just give um, all of the leeway to our elected officials 
and erode the power that is vested in the people. Uh, so we need to stay on top of that. And so this report comes from the Atlanta Journal and Constitution talking about uh, Mr. Raffelsberger's decision. Raffelsberger said he lacked the power to delay the election until Governor Brian Kemp extended the public health state of emergency on Wednesday. This decision allows our office and county officials to continue to put in place contingency plans to ensure that voting can be safe, Raffelsberger said. I certainly realize that every difficulty will not be completely solved by time in-person voting begins for June uh, 9th election, but the elections must happen less than ideal circumstances. Georgia is one of 16 states that have either delayed their presidential primaries or switched to voting by mail which with extended deadlines. The Georgia presidential primary had already been pushed back. Uh, it was originally set for March the 24th, um, and so this is a second election delay is an unprecedented step. A second election delay is an unprecedented step to prevent voters from gathering in polling places where they're supposed to avoid, when they're supposed to avoid human contact. Changing the election date could help avoid the possibility of illness could spread at the precincts and prospect feared in Wisconsin after voters went to the polls on Tuesday. The number of COVID patients and deaths in Georgia is projected to peak around April the 21st, a few days before in-person voting would have started April the 27th according to the Institutes of Health Metrics and Evaluations with the University of Washington. Even though many people will vote by mail, in-person voting locations must remain open according to state law. Raffelsberger mailed Georgia's 6.9 million active voters absentee ballot request forms encouraged them to, to vote by uh, mail and stay home. And so we need to make sure we are completely um, laser focused on what's happening in this moment um, because this pandemic could have been prevented. This pandemic could have been handled a different way. This pandemic is squarely on the shoulders of one administration. Now, we've kind of diverted our political lens a little bit to give leeway, but we always must document history in real time. If in November, when the president was uh, apprised of the possibility of this global pandemic, and again in January when this president called it a hoax, in February when he called it a hoax, and now when this governor didn't know until last Thursday that this was a substantial threat to Georgia, we need to make sure that we hold these elected officials accountable for the possibility of delaying the will of the people. The people should decide who, when, where, how, because we've had a history of secretaries of state dictating their own personal opinions. So I will give leeway for the public health officials. I don't know if we give leeway for certain elected officials. Uh, so I just wanted to bring that to y'all's attention on the platform uh, of these thoughts um, of the, the potential political ramifications and to keep a strong eye on what's happening because just because we're sheltered in place does not mean we cannot hold the powerful accountable. So again, this is Attorney Gerald Griggs on the Justice Fighter podcast. I will continue to bring this information to you as it becomes available to me. Please like, subscribe, and share so we can get this information out in real time. I'll be coming back very soon with another edition of the Justice Fighter podcast. Until then, y'all stay safe and stay sheltered in place. This is the Justice Fighter Podcast. Justice Fighter Podcast. With Attorney Gerald Griggs. Attorney G. 
Well, we have conversations on social justice, civil rights, and political news that affects us all. Let Attorney Griggs put you on game. Only on the Justice Fighter Podcast, y'all. What's going on, y'all? It's Attorney Gerald Griggs, the Justice Fighter. And the Justice Fighter Podcast is brought to you by Attorney Gerald Griggs and the Gerald A. Griggs Law Firm, Trailmonger, Carter Media, and as well as Justice Media. We are committed to bringing you information in real time on politics, social justice, and the law. So please subscribe, please like, please share. As a Justice Fighter podcast is on all streaming platforms, Google Play, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. So please subscribe to the Justice Fighter podcast. Please like and comment. Tell us what you're thinking. This is an engaging platform and we want to hear from you, the listeners. So again, I'm attorney Gerald Griggs. I'm the Justice Fighter and I'll be coming to you live. Justice Fighter podcast. Make sure y'all subscribe and I'll see you at the next part. This is the Justice Fighter Podcast. Justice Fighter Podcast. With Attorney Gerald Griggs. Well, we have conversations on social justice, civil rights, and political news that affects us all. Let Attorney Griggs put you on game. Only on the Justice Fighter Podcast, y'all.